back. This better have worked. Wow. Wow, wow, here we are. Oh my gosh. Again, so much week has happened. Of a place within. Yeah. I'm Ashlyn. I'm Christina. And like I just said, this is a place within. What I didn't say was this what? week and every week we'll get to the heart of our thoughts, feelings, and desires where we trust we'll find the gospel and our need for it. You got so much of a rhythm that you say that with these days. It feels Does like it a sound rap. kind of chintzy? But we'll Do I find sound the- like a big geek? No, it just makes me want to dance. We'll find the gospel and our need for it. And I'm like, the gospel and our need for it. Okay, we did too many musicals last week. We can't do this You're right. No more musicals. So, uh, never again, except for his story, the musical, which I have finally introduced to my 6th and 7th graders as their new religion teacher. Um, They were dancing around. And the 8th graders, who are very familiar with it, were asking for, uh, were making their requests. They were like, can we listen to that musical? So... Well, the fact that their brains didn't turn to mush over the summer is a good sign, huh? I know. They were like, can we listen to that Miss Magdalene song? (laughs) Of course. So good. Wow. You know what? Guess who should sponsor us? His story. His story, the musical. (laughs) I'm not trying to be those girls, but I'm like, who's talking about it more than us? (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) Oh, that was too loud for the microphone. So, guys, um, I I have a new fancy setup. I feel very important. Um, I got myself a boom arm, as it's called on Amazon.com, uh, $12. And what I, website were you just talking about? <laughs> Amazon. The way you said it, it made it sound like you were expecting that no one's heard of it before. Well, Amazon.com. <laughs> oh, Overstock.com, Amazon.com. I need to. I need Farmersonly.com. <laughs> Yo, I have a funny story about Farmersonly.com. I found oh, a quote. Oh, okay. <laughs> I found a quote by one of my students from my first class of eighth graders um, who said something like, I don't think I didn't have a boyfriend or anything at the time. Um, Still don't, but (laughs) didn't then either. (laughs) I thought you were Um, talking about the student didn't have a boyfriend at the time. No, 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 no. I'm talking about myself. Talking about myself. All right. Got Um, got you. And he says something like, Miss, you have a boyfriend? And I'm like ignoring him. And he's like, you find him on eHarmony? Uh, What what are the other ones? Oh, (laughs) Match.com? Yeah, you find him on eHarmony? Match.com? Farmersonly.com. Right. <laughs> I was like, that's it. That's I was the like, one. that's funny. But I kept on ignoring him. But you shout know, out to that child. I feel like I could find a nice guy on Farmers Only. Honestly. I don't know, actually. I would be scared. Well, anyhow, I brought all this up to say there's a new setup with this boom arm. And uh, if my voice just starts drifting away in the middle of the podcast, it's because I didn't set it up right. And um, it might just fall off or something. So. You know, nothing keeps things exciting like a minor technical difficulty. Difficulty. That's true. Nothing keeps things exciting like a minor speaking difficulty. I will say that my very first year of teaching, the thing that gave me the most stress were technical difficulties. Or maybe not the most, but like they would foster all kinds of other issues in the classroom. When there was a technical difficulty, I lost all control. I mean, it's very frustrating when I was a first-year missionary, the guy who taught us how to fundraise, when he was having technical difficulties during our fundraising classes, would say, the devil is real, y'all. <laughs> um, much, much, many, wow, whew. Many years later, uh, we had a class on spiritual warfare where the gal who's teaching it, who's sort of the expert, um, said that sometimes those kinds of things aren't actually spiritual attacks. <laughs> um... <laughs> Sometimes they are. Sometimes it comes from God. Hey, wow. I think, I think that the devil likes to ruin our peace by, um, yeah, aggravating our interactions with technology. Sure. Okay, that's a hot. I mean, that's not really so a hot take. It's just not, we're gonna. Just no, leave Sister that Bethany there. Madonna used to at the Given Forum in 2016. She was like the MC, and she would get up, and every time there was a technical difficulty, she would be like, "Come, Holy Spirit." So she's on that team. You know, sometimes we just got to pray, even if it wasn't coming from anything supernatural. It can, a non-spiritual desolation can turn into a spiritual desolation. Yeah. So there's that. By yeah. non-spiritual desolation, I mean something that really wasn't caused at all <laughs> by any spirits <laughs> can then, yeah. Uh, yeah oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Positive or negative spiritual oh, yeah. dialogue. Well, yeah. Um. 
speaking of spiritual dialogue, my sixth grade class folks are full of rock stars. They're just unbelievable. The hope of the church. Honestly. Today, okay, because you know how I am. Of course, I presented my the gospel to <laughs> Which is good. Can we just talk about that? Anyone who went to sixth grade, maybe not at a Catholic school or went at or a Catholic school a Catholic and school. didn't know what the, Catholic, what the Catholic church taught and maybe still doesn't. It's not a small thing. Continue. They were on the sixth graders. I did it with seventh. Well, actually, I didn't do it with seventh grade. It was getting too hot. And I was like, you know what? We're going to do story time. Sit down on the floor. I'm going to share my testimony. <laughs> but anyhow, Gee. so but was sixth grade after it was over. <laughs> these children they did like a slow clap they did a slow clap and built into applause and then this child in the back goes beautiful beautiful <laughs> that was, was for the inspired. gospel folks that was for the gospel and the other day we did this like gospel reflection that i learned from bishop o'donnell in la o'connell O'Don- i never He's pretty cool, but I can't remember his name. Uh, his first name's David. Anyhow. I only know the name of bishops in the Midwest. And Bishop Robert Barry. Anyhow. Oh, yeah. So um, this guy taught us at a retreat we went to this gospel reflection process that he likes. It's just like a way of doing lexium with a group. But I like the language that he uses to walk people through it. So I gave it to all three classes. And the sixth graders, again, they were... This is like last week. They read a gospel about being invited to the king's wedding feast and some people refusing. Yeah, let's get it. It was intense. And they were sitting there and they were like, so wait, do you get to choose if you go to heaven or hell? And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, like the way you live your life, doesn't it sort of make the choice for you whether you go to God's feast or not? And I was like, okay, for all yes. of you that can't see my face, which is all of you except for Christina, yeah. jaw drop. Yeah, and this, and they are they like this. It's just one group. They were just like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it was awesome. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm. That was sorry. That's the thing that's rocking my soul. I love it. So here I we love are. It. That's my. I have story. a funny story of an interaction with probably around you know sixth grade ish children that is comical but a little less inspiring. I want to hear it. Um. Well, when I was driving away from the five p.m. Sunday mass at my parish, it was around you know six ten because we were chit chatting. Hey, afterwards. I went to the five p.m. Sunday mass in my parish. I love that. So right around when your mass was starting, my mass was ending. Mm-hmm. Um, classic time difference. And I'm driving away. I went home by a different route trying to like pull some magi business. And <laughs> that was a that was a Bible pun. Not pun <coughs> joke. Oh my god, I have um, a anyway, <laughs> that was whew, okay. Get with it. So I'm driving and there are these two boys. Were they around like 10 and 8? Oh, no. Yeah, probably. And they have cans of Silly String, just like they would on the last day of summer. And I drive past them. Oh, no. And they come at my car with this deviant look in their face. And they do. They spray my car with Silly String. So I get... Tell me you got out of the car. To the end of the street, turn back around, drive back (laughs) towards them. (laughs) And they just, they're starting to look concerned. Hey, stop the car, put it in park, roll down the window and say, hey guys, are you going to take that silly string off my car right now? Yes. Ah. And they were like, oh yeah, uh, yeah, we're going to, sorry about that. We'll take, uh. we'll take the silly string off. And I was like, hmm, why'd you spray my car with it? And they're like, oh, sorry, we were trying to spray the road. No, <laughs> that's a classic sixth grade like, line. that's interesting. You were trying classic. to spray the road, but you ended up spraying my car. You probably should aim a little bit better next time, like huh? Bad, bad timing, kid. This is going to cause problems for you in life. Um, and so, yeah, I felt a little bit... No, nah, I didn't feel that bad that he was. his fingers were, like, shaking. As he was taking the silly string <laughs> off my Subaru Outback. And then I said, all right, well, aim better next time. And ah! rolled up the window. Hysterical. And drove away That's laughing. Amazing. Just laughing. That's amazing. The meanest adult of the day. Well, let me tell you about the time that I uh, 
chastised teenagers at an In-N-Out burger. Oh, baby. I, I haven't told you about this. No. So there's an In-N-Out burger by LMU, which is where I got my master's. And um, it's also like across the street from some like hotels where there are conferences and stuff. And there were some... Welcome to the Hotel California. Yes. Exactly. Anyway. So um, there was some kind of like teen high school conference. And this in and out is absolutely packed with teenagers. And I was kind of like, you know what? I'm already here. I'm just going to wait in line. I'll wait like 20 minutes. I'll get my burger and I'll leave. Um, so I get in line and I'm right behind some teenagers. And these other kids start to like first it's one kid joins his friend. I'm like, all right, that's fine. In front of me. And then another kid joins his friend in front of me. And then they start to, like, wave all these kids. And they're already full of kids there. Starts waving all these high schoolers to come stand in front of me. And after, like, maybe the fifth kid, I was like, um, hey, guys, uh, were, like, were you going to ask me whether or not you could stand in front of me in line? <laughs> and, like, and they were like, uh-huh. oh, they were like, oh, we're together. And I was like, oh, are you a family? <laughs> I said this. <laughs> and they're like, no, like, we're friends. And I was like, yeah. So, I mean, you should really ask the people behind you. Um, it just makes me feel a little bit disrespected. And they were like, oh, okay, uh, sorry. And I was like, no, it's fine. Like, you can stay there, but I'm salty. Yeah, I'm a mean, man. scary lady. Public correction. Love it's it. a doozy. Ah! Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it feels justified. Sometimes I, like, leave thinking, you know, that was actually a spiritual work of mercy. Admonish <laughs> the sinner. Yep. Sometimes it wasn't. Sometimes I could have just bared that wrong patiently. Are you That's saying that I should have bared my wrong patiently? But I think it's culturally relevant. Did she just ignore my question? No, I didn't even hear your question. Sorry. Are you saying I should have borne my wrong patiently? Um, <laughs> this is really <laughs> That's awkward. That's a yes. I just can't hear you very well. Oh. Are you saying I should have borne my wrong patiently? I literally am not the Holy Spirit. I don't know what you should have done in that moment. Ashlyn's instinct is saying too far christina no i don't think so i don't think that's what i'm saying at all (laughs) you know i think that that's a really good teachable opportunity i think that like this is the the tea folks okay that's the third time i've said tea this episode so that's a little upsetting to me moving on um that yeah sometimes it's important that we help people to become aware of the frustration that they've caused us so we give them the opportunity to make amends it's actually like a way that we can love our neighbor but Mm, i think that as christians the the better desire or the more christ-like desire is to will the good of the other so it's like i'm correcting you because it's good for you yes not because i'm trying to make you feel bad so i can feel better right right um yeah which is hard to do because emotions exist yeah (laughs) and when someone has done you wrong anger occurs and so like acting out of that anger is a really easy thing to do in that moment um which i've i've done plenty of times but i think that this happens in a very public way and unlike i don't know like public demonstration public yeah airing of grievances is not a new thing Mm -hmm. um but in the age of the internet the yeah the amount of time that it takes for a public grievance to be shared with mm-hmm. millions and millions of people is now next to nothing. Mm-hmm. Example. This week, um, Good Morning America anchor Laura Spencer got herself all ruffled up in some controversy. Oh, you aren't going to talk about how I subtweeted all those teenagers? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. She did, folks. <laughs> no, I didn't. But Christina I would have. Takes- her issues to the internet i'm so mad <laughs> at every teenager in a okay, in and out burger sorry i think I part never... of it was that i was on my way to like secondary education graduate school and i was like i will educate you anyways go on let's talk about laura spencer i mean okay this is about to get a little bit dramatic so okay. we're gonna dig into this yes uh, we're gonna get to the heart of it um now this is unexpectedly serious but when the anchor of a rivaling morning news show today had 
some pretty serious allegations made against him. There weren't really protests outside, to my understanding. Okay, that's a whole other situation. But in Matt Lauer of today, uh-huh. um, unsavory things were exposed about him. It took a long time. He was eventually removed from his position. Mm. Um, but in a couple of days, Laura Spencer made some pretty thoughtless comments about mm-hmm. the schooling curriculum of Prince George, mm-hmm. the third in line to the crown of England. Mm-hmm. So the fact that this is like morning news in the United States, we can't get into that right now. His no his school curriculum. <laughs> um, that was a weird, that was a scary The young laugh. prince takes ballet class. Yeah, he does. Um, the news anchor laughed about that. That caused a lot of outrage including protests a public apology was made um i think that the whole world can look at this this occurrence if they're actually paying attention to it as clearly a learning opportunity this is not (laughs) like a bad blood kind of a situation because of the way that it was dealt with if you're not familiar quick google search um you'll find it but then i show this video to my friend christina so we can podcast about it what are your thoughts christina um about like what she did about all of it let's get to let's get to the heart of it because about what she did but also i don't want to get to the heart of it i want to stay on the surface okay taylor swift (laughs) (laughs) that wasn't really your conversation we're you know very so so on the new album yeah a few bops a few bops for sure but poor taylor Anyways, um, I'll talk about that later, yeah, I'm sure. Is, okay, so this is just the most recent example of a public figure making a thoughtless comment and it having pretty considerable backlash among consumers. There, This is a mixed bag, in my opinion, but I want to hear your thoughts about it. Um, well, I mean, I guess the, in particular the content hits pretty close to home as far as like the concept of dancers and male dancers and uh, that whole like paradigm and I think part of me part of me is like really glad that there was um a response to it I think I mean I I think needless to say I've I've heard so many podcasts about how angry people get on Twitter and stuff and like I feel like we've talked about it before and like yeah people definitely just like feel they can say whatever they want online and all that stuff um and they have like so little empathy and compassion like when there were letters to editors I feel like Everything was just so much more civil, I'm sure. I wasn't really conscious. But anyhow. There might have been really nasty ones. They just didn't get published. Right. I mean, you. I'm sure there were nasty ones, but, like, things were a little bit more, like, controlled. But anyhow, um, I do – I also like that there is a way to, like, share with everyone, hey, like, this is kind of messed up. I feel like – so anytime you're in, like, a kind of public speaking situation and you say something that you're not sure about, you're like, well – I guess I'll find out if it was okay if I hear anything about it, you know? And a lot of times if you hear nothing, you're like, okay, I guess it was fine, you know? Um, And you're right, in the age of the internet, it gets, it's faster and it's more um, hostile. But even so, it's, it's feedback. And I think, um, I think she needed to know that what she said was ignorant. Like, basically, um, she found it, like, truly hysterical that Prince George is taking ballet class, which, like, it's just a joke I don't understand. Like, I I just can't find the humor in it. So there's that. (laughs) And then the the second thing, after she laughs about it, she's, like, truly scoffing. (laughs) We'll see how long that lasts. Um, Mm -hmm. Because he'd say, like, that he loves ballet. Um, So, like, the fact that she made a point of emphasizing how much the prince loved ballet so that she could make a comment about it, um it's just like i think it needed to be called out for a lot of reasons especially the question of like male dancers or males doing things that are considered feminine um by whatever standard i i think that it's extremely damaging to everyone and uh people who are able to just kind of like accept who they are their bodies and accept their morally neutral interests and passions and all these things like those are not indicative of gender, of sexuality, of any of these things. And as soon as we start to um, uh, ostracize or um, what's that word that you use when you're talking? 
Uh, I've lost the smart word for it. Stigmatized. Thank you. I found your smart word. You f- she found my smart word. Thank you. Uh, I dropped it on the floor. No. Um. Yeah. So as soon as you start to stigmatize people for doing things that are like different from their like expected gender norms, mm-hmm. you're in hot water as far as like their understanding of their identity, and that pisses me off. I completely agree. I thought that the way that the content was treated was like unprofessional it wasn't yeah yeah, it was just it was kind of shallow and the the backlash has been that yeah that male dancers add value to the art form which is like a pretty mature critique I think yeah that's that's a good what then this got me thinking about is what long-term this does to the culture because I'm sure well I'm not sure of anything but I could imagine that Laura Spencer actually genuinely watched herself in the video and was like, I can't believe I said that. Yeah, that I really think so was too. Ignorant. I believe it. And, and has exercised a lot of care in reaching out to these people. And I think that if you're called out and addressed publicly to make like a public apology and to let the public see the ways that you're trying to repair it isn't just trying to save you behind, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, um, but there is like a pretty intense culture of this that I've, I feel like I'm aware of, but I'm not sure, you know, how mainstream it is that, um, especially when public figures, celebrities, people with large followings of people that they don't know personally, um, have a beef. There's like a whole other like set of vocabulary words that comes with this. They're beefing with somebody else. (laughs) Then the fans in order to defend the person that they really do idolize in probably an unhealthy way mm-hmm. gets taken really far and so mm-hmm. what then can happen is especially like smaller like social media influencers which is a whole topic that i like have many opinions about but can't even get into like wow <laughs> this is where our culture is at uh has it always been this way i'm not sure if i have enough information to say moving on um that like all of their dirty laundry sometimes you know when there's like some unrepented unrepented sin that's like lingering in the air or some Mm -hmm. offense that's been given that angry mobs of someone the offended's fans Mm -hmm. go and like dig up every bad thing that Mm -hmm. someone's ever done this is called dragging them Mm -hmm. or canceling them (laughs) um which then starts to impact the income of a person who's yeah, their livelihood is their Whose personal income brand. Is which illegitimate in the first place. Intense. But I mean it's I mean illegitimate philosophically, <laughs> legitimate in the sense that they actually do have millions of dollars, you know? Right? Like whether you think that it was fairly earned, they've earned it. I need to grab um, my Bible because I feel like I read about the demise of people like that in scripture today. But go on. You're sounding very radical. Which is fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> Have you heard of um, Karl Marx? No, just kidding. There's a lot going on that we like can't entirely pick apart. So what kind of I'm concerned about is that a very healthy practice of fraternal correction of, hey, you've done something wrong. And I'm actually like in order to get your attention going to do it, like call you out in this really public way. And then there's going to be a public apology. Like you can't deny that while that is a good and healthy thing to have happen in a culture that when it's monetized to an extent, you know, like someone's income and livelihood Mm -hmm. is based off of the public opinion of them, Mm -hmm. then people become increasingly guarded in what they're willing to say because something that's just an opinion, even if not said in a callous and laughing way, like on good morning America, I mean, that was, it was a cultural faux pas, but Mm -hmm. Um, and, and people should be held accountable for being respectful, but when it, that accountability isn't, you know, a fraternal correction, but really like this angry civil demand that you shouldn't offend me. Um, well, this is, it's really complicated because when I, like people make comments like I just made, it seems like people should just be allowed to offend each other willy nilly, which is not at all what I'm seeing. But I think that that environment is pretty volatile this environment of like i just want to tell you that like you've hurt me mm-hmm. turns into i'm controlling you and i'm controlling everything that i say right so that way i don't lose a following stop yes. people from actually expressing opinions yes now i think that's true but 
I think that said, like, a part of that is, I think, I, I don't know, like, if somebody is really that inauthentic, then their voice wasn't that important in the first place. I mean, that's kind of a intense thing to say. Like, I'm feeling kind of intense today, aren't I? But I'm going to keep going on this train of thought because my opinion, especially with this example, and I think it goes for many other examples, the the public outcry has everything to do with the narrative that they want to give power or that they don't want to give power. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like that means that our culture has a very particular um, moral stance. And some of it is like things that we're for, like mm-hmm. this particular example of men being able to dance. <laughs> but some of it is not things that we're for, like um, things having to do with abortion and free sex and things mm-hmm. like that. So let's say that if you or I were to become well-known for something other than Catholic things, as soon as it were to come out that we have these certain opinions about abortion and free sex, I'm sure we'd lose many of our following, Mm -hmm. but we would keep saying it, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe it would drop our entire non-Catholic related career and that would be okay, you know, because that's our actual stance and it's more Mm -hmm. important to us than our income from, you know, classical music or comedy or dance you know Mm -hmm. um so I like that we're able to critique and kind of alter the public narrative right like let's say that I've got and I don't I don't think unless somebody's hiding something from me let's say I've got a sixth grader who has been taking ballet classes and he sees this good morning America thing and it wasn't censored and he's Mm -hmm. like oh yeah I feel weird I feel weird like I'm pretty sure that's what everyone would think about me like I should probably stop right but when he sees that it was torn down and like mm-hmm. America doesn't actually feel this way, then he's like, okay, I'm now able to like find what I want, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I like that we're able to do that. Yeah. And when you're in a public position, I think you just need to be aware that like people are going to rag on you for certain things and people are going to build you up for certain things. And it might come to a point where it's going to destroy your image and. I mean, it's not easy to be strong enough in your, and I don't think it'd be really hard for me um, if I was in that position. But like, I don't, what, what do you think about all of that? I think that you've hit on something really important that what it ultimately boils down to is love of God or love of mammon. Mm-hmm. Um, and that those opposing loves could lead in some situations to a similar action. What I mean by that is that now like putting this on me because I know very little about Laura Spencer but I publicly goof I say something ignorant Mm -hmm. and out of love of God and love of neighbor I repent of that goof I've I've repented Mm -hmm. but maybe out of actually like love of my image love of the power and the privileges that I get from being popular or whatever hypothetically um I make an apology I think that most people, I mean, there's going to be outliers on either end, but people can usually sense when it's genuine, when it's not. Mm-hmm. But that either of those loves could motivate me to the same action, making a public apology. Um, and that if I'm up in arms personally, now just like as Ashlyn in real life, about, you know, but what what about people like loving mammon, Christina? And I think that that's kind of what you were getting at by, you know, if they're if that's what they're saying, like there's a deeper problem there. Um, than just I don't I can't remember exactly what you said. Maybe you said their position wasn't that relevant in the pr- first place. <laughs> well, no, I mean I think it's just like it wasn't as that authentic. Like if you come out and you have this opinion and you realize that it's unpopular and you change it because it's unpopular and like mm-hmm. influencers I think do that. I mean, okay, so like I think that influencers do that, but I also think that like politicians and public yes. servants do. Oh that. yeah, and that's that's like a problem that's been a thorn in the side of yes you know the populace for a really long time that's not a new thing um so it's like okay like are we powerless in this and i think that the answer is maybe not what you think but we do have like an opportunity to be better and stand for more Mm -hmm. and do things out of love of god even if they're not popular Mm -hmm. yeah i think like Somebody like Logan Paul, who was mm-hmm. canceled for a really good reason, like for what he 
like the inappropriate like nasty creepy videos that he was posting or that i mean really that one like he was trying to get his following back but like it was over and in the first place like his fame was based off of something absurd and unnecessary that like wasn't really doing anything good for humanity and like i i'm i think he got what was coming to him and not in a way of like oh somebody struck him down just like it makes sense that what happened to him happened to him because he was doing dumb stuff he had very little he showed very little um care for uh any kind of guidance from the his conscience um and it ended up that he put something out there that was bad enough that he people weren't about him anymore now okay so is laura spencer still like working at good morning america yeah 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 okay I so i i would over. be sad if she was like fired like i don't think that this is of the magnitude of mm-hmm. like a politician um sexually assaulting people but i do know that people are getting fired left and right for having like opinions that are unpopular and i think that sucks um but it's where we're at um now an example though of somebody who has unpopular opinions and I mean, okay, people also go in the other direction, right? Where they have these unpopular opinions and they make their entire livelihood off of, like, being an unpopular voice. Mm -hmm. Like our Ben Shapiros and our (laughs) Jordan Petersons. Right, right. Somebody agrees with them. And, I mean, Logan Paul still has millions of subscribers on every platform that he makes content for. Does he really? Yeah. Oh. Well, then, never mind. (laughs) I mean, I I think that what you've said still makes sense. Like, there are sometimes just reasons why you should remove your support from somebody. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Why you can't in good conscience support some something that is harmful, you know? Mm-hmm. Or don't want to, yeah, like, have any part of content that is unsavory. I think that that's a really important thing for a Christian to consider. Yeah. Um that I'm very but proud I, for my, my kids for not liking him anymore after that whole thing. Yeah. I thought but that they like, were the entire population. I'm not going to lie. I, I think <laughs> it's important that we're still discerning as people because mm-hmm. like that requires us to use the intellect and the will that God has given us and mm-hmm. like interacts with us in, within, you know, like God wants to help us make good decisions. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can do the right thing. But still because it's what everyone else is doing, you know, mm-hmm. like it. Yeah, it might be just, but like your motivation should also be just. And that takes time, I think, to grow within a person. But yeah, like don't stop liking unsavory people just because it's what everyone else is doing. Right. Right. Um, actually make a conscious decision. And I would say that like Christians should be challenged and challenge each other to make that decision for the benefit of the other and not out of like as a result of the anger that yes. that we feel. Yes. You know, like I want to unsubscribe from this person. I want to stop using this product. I want to not do this thing anymore because I want whoever is yes. making that product or making that content to do better. I want something better for them and by supporting their business, I'm not helping them. Well, but it's, I'm not loving them. It's that, but it's also about the people that, that whatever thing they're doing is affecting. Yeah, right. Um, right. And, like, loving them. And I think that, sh- like, what you're saying is certainly, um, like, if you are thinking that way in addition to wanting to protect the people who are being hurt, like, yes, that is the greatest good. Um, I think a very common version of that is being really pissed off at the people who are doing the like making the product and wanting to protect the um the people who are being harmed by the product and i th- i think that's the very like worldly version of it that's the secular version of it and yeah it's, yeah you're right like but how do we also i mean yeah that's where we're like asked to pray for the mm-hmm. politicians that are like really hurting mm-hmm. the world or the business people who are like causing most of the problems of climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, can we pray for their souls and like, what, what would that do? I think that's a huge point, Christina. And in the like weakness of our hearts, I know that there are times where I have just anger, mm-hmm. but there's this part of me that doesn't actually want like a resolution that yeah, doesn't necessarily yeah. want forgiveness or repentance because I just want to freeze that person 
in a spot where they've made a mistake, I'm allowed to be upset with mm-hmm. them. It that is, it's a passionate response. Yes, that is not elevated. You know, it yeah. isn't. Um, in this is another. I mean, <laughs> the theme of like of like, let's have the courage to be just freaking honest with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that we can repent of all of those things that mm-hmm. we're doing for the right, like the right thing for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. And that wrong reason sometimes can be really, really buried within. But guess what? Like we've all got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we also like have been one freedom from it. Mm-hmm. We just need to like give it back to the savior. <laughs> right. Oh, I was going to say something. I forgot what it was. Dang it. I kept talking. It was when you were like, you can be saying there's like a part of me that doesn't that wants you to be sorry but doesn't actually want to have to forgive you that like oh 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 i'm so glad it's back okay i found it i think righteous anger should drive you to intercede Mm. and interceding i read this quote by um yeah i read this quote and i trust the person who said it um if your heart isn't burning maybe you aren't interceding um, I'm not saying that it has to be like emotional, mm-hmm. but it has to be invested. Um, like you have, I think that's so much of like the heart of intercession. I think we'll probably talk about it as like a topic on the podcast at some point, but like intercession is about desiring, like in really entering into God's desire for the mm-hmm. good of another. Right. Mm. Um, Ooh, I feel like I'm getting a little heart yeah, right now. Right. Right. And we know what this feels like. I think most of us who like have done intercessory prayer, when we like think about that, we're like, oh yeah, that is what what interceding is. And Mm -hmm. that fiery feeling of anger can drive us to intercede. And I think like Mm -hmm. we get, for me, like when I think of, because you know, we get so tired of the thoughts and prayers thing, but then like, we're also like, yeah, we need to pray. Um, I was telling Alshon earlier that, I showed my students a Father Mike Schmidt's video about the power of prayer, and they didn't really understand it, but that's okay. There were a couple points he was making about why God asked us to pray with him. And there's, of course, the whole thing of, like, prayer doesn't change God, it changes us. But um, I think more on topic with this is this idea of being the of the dignity of being a cause. So God extends the dignity to us of being the cause of something mm. um it's not as simple as like i prayed for it it happened i caused it but mm. i prayed for it it happened i participated in that mm. event um and all along those lines i think he also extends to us i mean this is very obvious but i don't think about it this way that much he extends to us the dignity of love and the dignity of desiring the good the way that he does mm. um I mean, some taste of it. And I think that that takes its form in intercession. When we mm-hmm. intercede, we're then participating in the, this is maybe a little bit of an oversimplification, but maybe we're participating in the events that cause that conversion or mm-hmm. participating in the events that um, cause whatever good to come about in that person's soul. And I think that this can be certainly applied to these kind of large, but not super personal um, events, mm-hmm. whether they last, you know, a very short amount of time, blow over quickly, or they're kind of a long-standing frustration. Um, that is true. But they also get this, the way that you beautifully articulated that, like this anger um, that leads to intercession mm-hmm. um, can be applied to very personal very incidental um very yes unseen people in like the parking else. lot yeah exactly yeah and and for On me the road. you said like anger and i completely agree but i was thinking of my own experience and i think a lot of the time like one of those kind of heart triggers to intercessory prayer and surrender like surrender that leads to this like intercessory prayer of jesus i'm giving you this is like this helplessness mm-hmm. where i have like a concern and I feel powerless to do anything about it. Um, and that happens in team meetings. Yes. You know? That happens um, in my family. It happens in class really nuanced, <sighs> like, situations that I might not be welcomed into. And I have yeah. such, like, 
this burning I see like this burning concern I sense this burning concern in myself with absolutely no influence in the situation yes um and so yeah like let's as friends as Christians like apply this opportunity to intercede to the big things but also the small things yes oh yeah yeah Jesus's power is something a we can claim and b that has effect in both of those situations yes because they're deeply personal to him yes all of them laura spencer is personal to jesus mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. my my co-workers are personal yeah. to jesus do you think it's easier for you to extend it um to impersonal situations or to personal situations personal me too yeah like, i think that it's yeah. easier to just you know have like a faceless mob of all yeah. of those people me too yeah and so yeah remembering like that person isn't just a name of a character in this like absurd yes. play of life yes you know that's like she's jesus's beloved yeah and i can't probably like access that yeah but somebody can yeah he knows her um and to even way more like dramatic and while i don't want to de-emphasize like the relevance or like the teach the teachability of the moment that has occurred in the last seven days mm-hmm. um way way more severe things within our own church let's not forget you know even mm-hmm. if we want to um mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think um i think we have the responsibility to correct and to demand better in mm-hmm. espe- in like especially in high stakes situations like, I admire the people whose voices are, like, within the church, whose voices are acting to correct and admonish um, the things that are going wrong within the, yeah, within the structure of the church, within, um, yeah, the sin that is present. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Well, I think you probably some pretty practical wisdom about exactly this um, in First Corinthians when he talks about you have, you have a conflict with your brother. Mm-hmm address it one-on-one loosely paraphrasing here if they don't listen to you take someone else with you if still yeah. they don't listen to you talk about it in front of the entire assembly yeah. and if still they don't listen excommunicate them yeah and now this is exactly what he's talking yeah. about and even and i i mean i think that we see that play out i want to see it play out with in a culture that like knows god which is mm-hmm. not the one that we live in mm-hmm. we can do something about that mm-hmm. we ought to um but yeah mm-hmm and, and sometimes think, it comes to that it comes to that big big thing i think yeah especially because the whole address it one-on-one thing a lot of times with people who are in power they're not gonna like they can't see there's you no way for them one-on-one. to yeah, hear you one-on-one. <laughs> they can't exactly. see you so you need right. more people and until there are more people those voices are not gonna counter that one big voice but that's but well, you're right maybe, I, I mean think for that's a really a christian like Oh, I just totally interrupted you. <laughs> no, I mean, I was just going to say that I like I think that that um, St. Paul quote really um, like consoles me as far as as far as that's concerned, because it's sort of like, yeah, OK, do it one on one. You like start by sending a letter and you like know mm-hmm. what's going to happen because of it. And then you go on from there. Like, you know that no one's going to reply. Then you get your mob together. <laughs> well, and yeah, I think that like obedience to that process mm-hmm. is good for the heart of a christian oh That's yeah exactly what yeah I because uh, now I, I, yeah it. but i think it's because um it requires you to presume the good even if yep. like wisdom kind of tells you you know i i have a sense of where this is no actually it isn't wisdom it'd be prudence right i have a sense of where this yeah, is going or like being jaded <laughs> you know like, well yes no but the being jaded would be the sinful version I mean, like, if you're actually just, like, wise and virtuous and you have a sense of where it's probably going because you mm-hmm. are an experienced person in life. Um, right. So I'm I'm sure that I would be jaded instead. But let's say that you're somebody who is wise and prudent. Like, it allows for a belief in grace to exist because you're like, nope, I don't know if they're going to convert tomorrow. I don't know. Well, and it's, like, one aspect. It's, it's using your intellect yes. to determine a possible outcome yes. but another part of prudence is like seeking counsel so i'm going to seek counsel of the scriptures and mm-hmm. say that i can try to address this one-on-one first yeah and that i don't have to just stay there indefinitely 
you know? Right, right, right. If I'm not That's listened cool. to, yeah. I can escalate it. Cool. I have the freedom and actually an obligation in certain senses to do that. Cool. I think then, okay, it's important that we choose our battles, but like part of choosing your battles is actually choosing some of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I wonder though, if some people like followed that process and were kind of like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. In that one-on-one meeting, like sort of like, oh, don't you don't you worry you know and then they're sort of like calm down and and comfort and they're like okay it'll probably be fine um and so then a part of it would also be like staying not like vigilant but like staying aware continuing to discern like Mm -hmm. has conversion occurred um yeah yeah, that's pretty cool i wasn't i wasn't even thinking about that chesterton talks about this yeah orthodoxy yeah he uses this example he uses the example of patriotism to illustrate this greater point of love so zealous that it can be you know angry and devoted at the same time Mm -hmm. um and that yeah i don't remember exactly the subject that he applies it to which is Mm -hmm. like um but he's like it's about loving your mother enough to not allow her to jump off a cliff or discriminate her not to yes um loving your neighbor enough yes to not just be pacified in your complaint yes but to actually, yeah, prevent future wrong, which has um, important consequences. Yes. Yes. Woof. Nice. You know who I, who's a public person who I felt personally for enough to intercede for them, to try to intercede for them? Who? Andrew Garfield when he was in silence. Oh. Remember that? Yeah, I totally remember that. I was just thinking about that the other day <laughs> when I was listening to Orthodoxy. I was like, <laughs> if he had also listened to this... Ugh. He couldn't have settled for pantheism. Did he really? He's um, not done. He's not done. Keep praying oh, for not. Andrew Garfield, Chester everybody. Sue could still come for him. Keep praying for Andrew and then Garfield. I was like, wait a minute. You know, like, I want to pray for that guy. Right? GK. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like I was all. <laughs> remember? Yeah, I remember in college when I was like, pray for Andrew Garfield, everybody. Pray for Andrew Garfield. <laughs> do you remember that? I do. I do. Oh, it was a it was a powerful time, everybody. It was powerful. I remember it well enough to have thought about it again last week. Wait, I thought you were just thinking about Andrew Garfield's conversion. I didn't think you were thinking about my investment in it. Or well, is it I not possible for you to think of? of I, was, I only became invested because you were. It's not possible for you to think of Andrew Garfield's conversion without thinking of my investment in it. I see. Yeah, right. Fair, They're fair. Very much intertwined in my experience. We were actually talking about Andrew Garfield today at school. They were talking about... Uh, which is they're like which spider-man is better honestly they're like miss which is your favorite spider-man and i said andrew garfield and they were like which one's that and i was like the one with emma stone andrew garfield and, they, and then the this little one. boy's like the little boy's like eighth grade boy he goes oh his hair is just so perfect and i was like that's true and he's like when he takes off his spider-man mask all i could he takes off his spider-man mask all i can think of is how perfect his hair is and i was like say <laughs> i've never seen any of those oh i like him <laughs> and I, I was fine with the Tubby McGuire ones. Oh, even I like. I really don't t- like, like Kirsten Dunst as an actress. She's wow. not great. Did you call him <laughs> Tubby McGuire? <laughs> We've jumped topics, everybody. I'm not mad about it. I don't know but why yeah. I really want the Who's title this of this new guy. He's uh, got a good name. Tom Holland. That's all the yeah, little kids really like him. They think that he's the cutest man on the in, on the planet. Yeah, he's just the most you know friendly neighborhood Spider Man of them all. He I think is. He likes, that's true. He takes that character to a youthful level. That's true. That's what they and were saying. They, they were him. like, he's the only one who looks sixteen, and I was like, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I've not seen the new movie where it supposedly explains <laughs> why nobody aged when peter parker was gone after thanos snapped but everyone else's life went on but what peter parker's high school didn't that was confusing that weird (laughs) that's Um, why they had to kill him off right uh oh sorry that was called an end game spoiler but it's been long enough it's been a long enough if you didn't if you haven't seen it like me it's because you didn't want to see it oh (laughs) so it's fine Excuse me for assuming that you had seen No, it. I already this know all the spoilers. Uncomfortable. I already okay. know all the spoilers because people talk about it around me. And I listen to Catching Foxes. Fair enough. So, anyhow. Did you have anything else that was exploding your soul this week? Um, really? It's the sixth graders. Um, not exploding my soul, but I just, I can't go through this podcast without recognizing that Taylor Swift released a new album. Uh, she we and I. We acknowledge that. Did we really? Yeah. 
We said a couple bops. Ah, you're right. We did acknowledge it. A couple bops. That's it. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off. I wasn't like, uh, yeah. Okay, Christina, let me subtly suggest that you have said everything. <laughs> That's not how that song goes. Um, Go on. A couple bops. What is exploding my soul? Yeah, I think recently it's a couple things. All right. That crazy, crazy enough, seeing people's names like in lists is making me more aware than maybe I've ever been before that like each one of them matters. Beautiful. Um, so been looking at a lot of lists of names recently and the Lord is working in that in my heart. And um, I know that this is the fifth time this episode and two weeks in a row that I'm like, wow, I'm a Catholic girl that just discovered Chesterton. But y'all, it was really good. Keep going. Um, so Gilbert Keith. Gilbert. Chesterton. Um, Mr. I just Chesterton. like the way that he says things. So I listened to Orthodoxy on audiobook. Yes, you did. And then I ordered a print copy so I can go back and highlight. Sick. Um, it's great. Spectacular. So, yeah. It's spectacular. That's all I got for this week. Amazing. Christina and others. Amazing. Uh, gosh. Pray for Taylor Swift, everybody. Yeah, that's a good one. Pray for Taylor Swift. Let your opinions about the new album <laughs> Poor motivate girl. in you the zeal to intercede. Poor girl. She desires so, Christina, you need so to calm much. Down. Okay. <laughs> Within, if you like what you heard, go ahead and give us a rating on iTunes. Share us with one of your friends or more. And uh, you can follow us on Instagram at APW Podcast. We're so thankful for you. Know that our love for you, not our anger or our powerlessness, maybe sometimes, motivates us to intercede for you all as well. Did Um, you already say the thing about subscribing and rating? Yeah, I did. I was busy singing. Email us APWpodcast at gmail.com. We're thankful for you. God bless. And that was my oh. <laughs> you need to calm down. <laughs> like, can you just stop? We can put down the Christmas. Ooh, I like shiny things, but I marry you with paper rings. Uh oh.